Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. Amen. Open in your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. If you have been following along with us in this passage or in this time, we've been teaching for now an eighth week on the power of resilience. I tried over the first four weeks to enter to... to, uh, offer you the understanding of these four different areas of resilience, social, emotional, mental, and today physical resilience. And so I'll I'll dispense with the review and just pray for you, and then we'll pick right up with the physical resilience of working with God. Father, thank you today for the opportunity to put our eyes on your word, to open our heart to your word. To allow it, Father God, to separate between soul and spirit, thoughts and intents of our hearts, Father. Change us in Jesus' name by exposure to your word. Amen. Amen. So here's physical resilience. You can go back and listen to the other ones. You can get it. I just want you to understand that I believe since we are co-workers with God that we need these areas of resilience. And again, I want to emphasize, you'll see, and if you kind of process this, you'll see why, quote unquote, spiritual resilience is not necessary. If you're born again, your spirit was changed, made alive through Jesus Christ. Romans tells us that consistently. You were dead in your sins, now you're alive to Jesus Christ. Those who have received him are sons and, gods of, are sons and daughters of God. We know all that kind of stuff. Your spirit man technically does not need any change. The problem with us is that we are a three-part being. We are a spirit and a soul and a body. We have natures involved with those. And I haven't got into all that, but your spirit man, and I've consistently stood on this side of the pulpit to represent spirit. I've I've tried to actually physically move when I talk about these things to get you to recognize that they're not the same, even though they, they take up the same part of my space as a person. My soul completely encapsulated inside my flesh, my spirit completely encapsulated inside my flesh. They exist in there together, but they are just like the Godhead. They are somewhat separate in function while still being in the same place. And so our spirit man is completely perfect in the recreated image living in God, in God's image. And so when we talk about the need for resilience, your spirit always agrees with God. If you just stay over here, you would have already made your last mistake. Come on. How many ever get a little worked up over the mistakes you made? It's easy to get worked up over mistakes. Want to know why? Because you didn't intend to make them. Nobody gets up in the morning and said, please let my life be wrecked by my choices today. See, you get to make choices in life, but life is formed by your choices. You get to make choices in life, but life is formed by your choices. If you choose to be goofy, your life will be informed by your goofy choice. I was driving with my son this week, probably yesterday. We drove by. Now, if you've got a goofy haircut, I love you. 
But there was this guy. It's like, it's like you know, 22 be- degrees below zero. It's cold. And this guy's in a muscle shirt. So his tattoos will show. He's pretty well put together. So I wasn't going to sass him any. But he has one of those head, one of those, one of those haircuts that comes to a point here and comes to a point down here. And it's kind of about two inches wide. And he's walking with his arms all swelled out like this. And I thought his choices have informed his life. He actually thinks he's cool. Now, if you've got gray hair and you're like me, you think he looks like an idiot. And your first thing is, if you're a mom, your first thing is, put some clothes on, dude. It's cold. You're going to catch your death. Right? And he's in, he's in gym trunks. He's got really big legs. And, and I'm sorry, if you're a man and you shave your legs, stop that. I mean, this guy is glistening in the morning sun. Now, I'm just telling you, he made some choices. And his choices informed his life. I learn a lot when I go to the front range. I went to pick up medicine the other day, and Jack had a name tag on, and it said Jill. And I went, now, wait a minute. You've made some choices that has informed your life. And they're goofy. It's hard to cross-dress and wear a low-cut thing if you got to shave your chest. And you shouldn't wear a low-cut thing if your stubble is showing. If you don't got stubble, none of the rest of your stuff should show either. So you girls just, you know, while I'm on my soapbox, cover your stuff up. Unless you've got a twin sister that's wearing the other half of your clothes. Your decisions, your choices inform your life. And your life is formed by your choices. You getting this? See, that's why physically we got to deal with some of this stuff, don't we? Because we make these choices. You say, well, we just need to let people be who they are. No, we don't. You need to be who God made you to be. I'm just telling you right now, the Bible clearly says our God is not a God of confusion. He's not. If you're struggling with who you are, come by my office. I'll help you. It's so easy. You say, well, I feel this way. I don't really care how you feel. Listen, if feelings led you the right way, you wouldn't have been in the trouble you were in last year. Feelings are not a good leader. I'm just telling you right now, some of the things Tracy and I went through in the last week, my feelings were on the edge. She's talking in the car, said, I can't talk about this right now. Because I couldn't talk without crying. Because my imagination was worse than the truth. See, I made choices. Well, I went through a day and a half of that. And I'm lightning quick. I just want you to understand that. I mean, like, like really smart. And so I decided this wasn't a good plan. Because once I came apart, it's going to be a little hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Right? And so I had to do something different. And you know, if you want to do something different, try this. Do what the Bible says. If you do that, you'll be different. Because you and I both know there are not a lot of people doing what it says. So you need to live there. Now notice what it says. I can preach this without notes. I can just tell you right now. It's living in me. Verse number 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. We'll see how we get with it. I don't know how, where did Jeremy go? How much, you put most of this online? Okay, so if you go online, you get all the notes. 
whatever I was thinking I might say today, and then you can listen to what I actually say, put the two together, and you'll get a whole bunch of good stuff. This is Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, now you see, when the word finally is in the Bible, you need to pay attention, because he's, he's kind of summing this all up. He's saying, listen, here's the most important thing. So finally, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let the last thing that occupies your thought process, the last thing that occupies your choices, let it be that I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, I didn't much feel like on Friday morning ministering to that pastor. And before I could stop myself or God out of my mouth, see, I didn't want to sit with, with a pastor, bless his heart, you know, but he needs everything. Every, I mean, he's a church just with a handful of people because God's called him to that. And by the way, it's possible that his church doesn't believe right because he's not like me. And I had a hard time with that. I said, God, I don't want to do that. And then, and then, of course, I said, are you preaching? And I don't know why I said that. And then uh, before when he answered, I said, well, so am I. And, and he, I got that out of my mouth. He's patting the chair beside him, you know, like a grandchild. Sit by me. Sit by me. And for the next 15 or 20 minutes, we're talking about church stuff. And out of my mouth, whether I could stop it or not, was the power of his might. I'm saying, and you know, I'm offering. Now, I got, I got more stuff on my plate than I want right now. And I'm saying, whatever you need, just call me. Send me an email. I got an email from him. Last night. He took me serious. So God put something else on my plate. Just so I'd learn. Be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might. I don't have any other choices. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to, I know here's our word, stand. Physical resilience, working with the Lord, is all about standing. You do that over here after your choices over here inform that. If you move over here too soon, you won't stand. You'll melt. You'll come apart at the seams. You'll have a fit. Some of you will fall in it. It's serious. Because if you don't have your stuff together, your stuff will come apart. And it won't feel good. And people will look at you. Which, by the way, you don't really want. Because you know when people are looking at you, your imagination tells you that they think you're a goofball. Amen. Stand against the wiles, the schemings, the indirect plans. You understand that if you build a building and you forget to put electrical wire in the wall, that you're going to have to come up with a new plan, which is called a schematic. A schematic or a blueprint is where stuff goes that you can't see. And if you don't do it in the invisible realm, you won't have what you need in the visible realm. You cannot plug your plug-in into the wall by poking it through the drywall. There has to be a receptacle there. You have to make that decision. You have, your decisions inform your life, and your life is informed by your decisions. If you don't plan to stand over here, if you're not standing over here going, bless God, just go ahead and give it a whirl here, devil. I understand your schemes because I read the blueprint. I got this blueprint right here. And it 
Help me, Lord, not be distracted. My Bible's got a folded page. My son tells me if I wouldn't fold my Bible, it wouldn't be all broken like that. If you don't read the blueprint, you can't inform your decisions. If you don't stand on this side in the Spirit, when you get over here in your soul, it'll be too hard to stand. It'll be too painful. You won't be holding it together emotionally. And when you get in your flesh, you'll act like a common man rather than a son or daughter of the Most High. Put on the whole armor of God, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. If you can make contact with it when you're over here, you're dealing with the wrong stuff. Come on, move over here in the spirit with me. If you don't recognize in the spirit that when you're over there in the flesh, if you can make contact with it, it's not what you're dealing with. Now, I can make that real personal if you want. We're not dealing with the physical things that are happening in our life. We're dealing with the spiritual things that are happening. We read the schematic. We read the blueprint. We're dealing with it over here best we can. Because when we get over here to make those decisions, I want my decisions to be informed by God's word. Because your life is informed by your decisions. Your decisions form your life. We're not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly place. I don't know why he had to be so specific about this, but it's not one thing, it's four. That's not encouraging. Do you see that? It's not flesh and blood. It's these other four things. Do you see that being in the spirit just got harder? I dreamed I fell off the stage once. It was just a dream. You understand that when you make it about flesh and blood, it's the easiest thing you can ever do. You can put your hands on that. You can look at it. You can cuss it out. You can have an attitude. You can throw a fit. You can do whatever you want over here in your flesh. It's just one thing. And you haven't fought the battle. You've taken the bait of Satan. Because you're going over here going, well, that person. Some of you need to understand this. Because you're banging your head against the wall of flesh every day. Thank you for your enthusiasm. He says, but against principalities, like rulers, structured, ordered things in the spirit, against the rulers of the darkness and the powers, the rulers of darkness of this age, this age, I said this in Sunday school, I'm going to say it again, this age is dark, but I don't live here with that viewpoint because I go over here and the book says it's brighter and brighter till the noonday. If you leave this area without this decision, you get over here and say, geez, the world stinks. Yeah, that's what the world does. It has no other options. Sinners sin. Had no other options. But you get over here and you can see that sinners are redeemed. And so you can go over here into a world of darkness with the message, with the decision from your spirit man. And you can say, you know what, I can stand in this darkness. I get, I get so interested when people think that stuff's going to rub off on them. You know, I was next to, to Jill at the drugstore. Jack, who was Jill. I didn't leave the drugstore hoping I could find a dress in my size. 
It didn't rub off. Come on. We are so crazy about this. I don't want to be exposed to this. Dear God, open your eyes. That boat is floated. God said, Moses said that God said about the people of the flood. Now, listen, Moses wasn't alive when the flood happened. Right? Who was, who was, cap, you know, who was captaining the boat? Noah. Moses came after that. But Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And he said that God said the, the, in the, the, the content... If I could say this in tongues, it'd really come out. The content of man's heart was evil continually. He said, listen, they're over here. The day we live in is no different than then. This is not worse, people of God. Sodom and Gomorrah got crispy crittered. They wanted to sleep with the angels. That's kind of bad, I think. I mean, <laughs> Jack and Jill were really confused in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's been existent for thousands of years, and now we act as if this is just going to somehow jump off on us? It's kind of like COVID rules. Sorry. Be okay if I just be free for just a second? Because, see, I spent a few days in the flesh this week. And I realized that wasn't such a good plan. So then... I overcorrected, and you should overcorrect too. You should just go ahead and go over here and stand and just stay here for a second until you hear what God says. And then don't move until you hear he say, saying to you to move. Don't move from here. If you leave here before you're changed, you left too soon. Anyway, you're not, this stuff isn't going to jump off on you. It's not like going into a restaurant where you have to wear a mask so COVID don't get you, but the minute you sit down, it won't get you. The world's kind of nuts. But you see, you make that decision over here. world looks nuts. It's dark. It's terrible. And quit paying attention over there and come back over here. God, how do you want me to see the world? I want you to see it brighter and brighter until the noonday. I want you to have to wear sunglasses when you look at the world because of what I'm doing in it. Okay. That's a pretty good plan. Get over here. I don't need to put sunglasses on. You understand when the world is darker, you know what you need. Light. Yeah, get it over here. Amen. Uh, uh, so, so principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness, and heaven. Four things. <coughs> Your life doesn't get easier when you decide to live in the Spirit. Because now you've got four particular enemies coming at you specifically by the blueprint that God gives. See, this is not Paul going, well, I think this might happen. This is Paul saying, this is what God revealed to me. If you go over here and touch the flesh, that's the easiest thing you'll ever do. Because that's all about personal strength. All you got to do over there is be stronger than the next guy. It's like being in the forest. You just have to be faster than one person so the bear eats them. That's all you need. Right? Unless you're a Christian. And then you got to help the slowest guy. Defend against the bear. I know, you're saying, wait, what'd you say? I said, yeah, you got to help the weakest among you because of your position over here. No greater love has any man than he lay down his life for his brother. See, you don't get the luxury of going over here. Like, well, it kind of stinks to be you because you're getting eaten by the bear. In fact, if you put this in biblical language, 
The lion, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking him whom he may devour. But if you understand the Bible process of that, you realize that the lion is really old and God pulled his teeth. You've got to stand really still to be gummed to death by an old lion. Stand, therefore, having done all to stand, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God. You may be able to withstand in the evil day. The day is evil. Having done all to stand, stand, therefore. Do you see it? This literally means to set yourself and refuse to move. Stand. You say, well, I don't know. What, is, what, does, that, what does that mean? Listen, <laughs> standing literally means to abide. It's taking up residence in something. Take up, and then he says, put on the whole armor of God. What are you supposed to take up residence in? And I know many people love the physical symbolism of this, but notice the spiritual things that he talks about. Put up the next verse, would you please, Paul? Stand, therefore, having your waist, what? Girded, what does that mean? We don't, we don't talk that way anymore, but many of you just reached down. If you got a belt on, you girded yourself. And we are glad, because if you're like me, if you don't gird your pants, your unmentionables might become mentionable. You got to gird yourself. You got to hold stuff up with truth. Amen. If you've done all to stand, do this with truth. You got to get that over here. Because I'm telling you, if you get over here in your flesh and all you can hear is what the flesh says to you, these are people now. Some of them real smart people, Right? And I just want to tell you something about my week. I took my grandson to the doctor. They took an x-ray. A highly educated doctor, in my opinion, who graduated in the bottom half of her class, but nonetheless, <laughs> came in and said, no problems, you're free to go. Two hours later, somebody else trumped that and said, not only is it fractured, but it's kind of an awkward deal, and you need somebody smarter than the rest of us to look at it. They don't know what they're doing. It's medical practice. It's practice. Some of them practicing wrong. Amen. So if you don't get over there in the spirit and work together with your soul to practice properly. See, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. If you pra Listen, you practice wrong. I used to tell my basketball students, I said, I don't want you playing basketball on a playground. I could tell who was the best player in second grade. Because the minute they came to an organized practice, you know what they did? They ran around with their hand up yelling, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. If you're good in second grade, it's because you've practiced wrong. Because there's no way for you to be good in second grade. Because see, what you need... Here's basketball wisdom for you. What you need is a heart that says, I'm never stopping. Practice makes permanent, not perfect. Practice never stopping. So let me tell you, I made a decision this week. The devil and his tricks by the blueprint can't stop me. Try as you will, devil, you can't stop my wife and I. I'm going to practice 
because practice makes permanent. I, I can't be chased off. I've, I've done all to stand. I'm going to stand. Truth. Having put on the breastplate. Now, no, no, see, forget the, 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 the kind of cosmetology, the, the look of this thing. You got this idea. We put on this big old belt, you know, this belt of truth, this big old buckle that says truth here, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then you put on this breastplate. You're forgetting what it's made of. See, if you do it over here, you're going to say, almost in pride, look at the size of my breastplate. Size not really important. Because if your bread plate, breast plate, is not made out of what God designed it to made it, be made out of, you're in trouble. If you make your breastplate out of personal strength, you're going to die. If you make your breastplate out of personal strength, you're going to die. Jesus is your only solution. When you get him, you don't get to die. You just get to leave behind the stuff you should have been ignoring for all of your life. When my flesh falls to the ground, wherever I happen to be, just push it out of the way and next guy step up. You say, well, that's kind of callous. Well, I haven't been paying attention to it anyway. That should be obvious to you. I saw a picture. My, my one son said to me, Dad, you need to update your picture on the church's website. I said, Why? He said, well, that's before you lost weight and when you had dark hair. So evidently, I'm thinner but uglier <laughs> on our website. I don't know. I still see myself from God. I'm not old. The only time I'm old is when I pay attention to things going to fall down anyway. I have to live in the basement at my kid's house. Ten stairs, thank you for asking. Every day, every time I need to go to the bathroom, ten stairs. Every time I need anything, ten stairs. Up the stairs ten times. You know how when you hurt, you bend over a lot, you know? You grab a hole, they've, they've, got, they've got a little, what do they call it, little bar thing. They've got a handrail. Sometimes I grab a hold of both hands. If I pay attention to this, I'd stay in the basement and hope somebody threw me a hot dog. <laughs> well, if you pay attention, you wouldn't do anything. I mean, I, I've, got, I've got friends that, you know, they want to... <laughs> I don't know why pastors don't get up in the morning when nobody is bothering God, but I'm a morning person. You, you can catch me at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm up. Please don't. Because <laughs> I'm going to, at 5 o'clock, I'm ignoring your call. There, what do you need? If you're dead, you'll still be dead at 6. You say, well, that's not very nice. I'm not leaving my time with God to find out what happened to your flesh. Your 20-year problem that became a 20-minute emergency You should know how to do that by the schematic. See, the devil wants to get in your marriage, get between you and your kids, wants to get you make goofy decisions. 
You say, well, I didn't know the devil was doing that. Well, who do you think was doing it? Well, I didn't know who to blame. I thought God was trying to teach me something for all the stuff I went through. Just tell you, that isn't the brightest thing you've ever said. Having righteousness, truth, shod your feet, shoes with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. See, if you'll pay attention to all the things that God said you have, you'll know how to stand. You do that over here. By the way, if you don't walk in the gospel of peace, every step that you take outside of that will not be peaceful. You get over here fighting against your flesh and you'll yell and, yell and scream at your perceived enemy. I can get real personal with you if you want. Why do we do that? Well, things ought to be different. I agree. Where are they different? Over there. They're already different over there. You say, well, but when's that going to reflect in the world? Why is that a concern to you? Get over here and get God's word on the thing and stand there until you get it. Don't move. Salvation, sword of the spirit, praying always, verse 18. Are you getting this? All right. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can take you through this. I'm just going to use my machine here just so that I don't have to take you through the whole thing. You're standing in truth. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32 says that if you'll abide in my word, if you'll take up residence in my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It literally liberates you from the power of punishment of sin and the power and punishment of sin. The truth does that. No matter wrangling on your part. If you skip down to that same verse, if you've turned in your Bible to that, John chapter 8, verse 44 says, The devil, you are your father, the devil, you know, that kind of stuff. He says he does not stand in the truth. He does not have the ability to stand in the truth. If his lips are moving, he's lying. If the world's lips are moving, it's a self-serving lie. Because there's no truth in him, he speaks from his own resources. Do you see that? Tail end of verse 44. It's up on your screens right now. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Listen, when you find yourself talking over here from your resources, you are in the image of not your heavenly father. When your mouth is moving from your resources... That's not how God wants you to be. When you're telling your opinion of things, that's not how God wants you to be. Deal with the truth. You say, well, what if something else happens? Stay over there in the truth. Don't be knocked off by what you experienced over here. His truth is what liberates us to stand. We stand in grace. The Bible says in Romans that we're justified, justified. That's a judicial act. That's a thing God does. We're justified. We're literally declared innocent by what Jesus does. So in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1, if you can look at it, please, it says we're justified by faith. We have peace with God. Oh, I love this. 
When you get over here in the flesh, if you don't have peace with God, you need to move from here and go back over here. Because if what you have on the flesh side of things is not peace, you didn't spend enough time over there. Getting your spirit built so that when you step out of this time with God, the decisions you make in your soul cause you to stand in peace, in grace, in understanding in your flesh. Notice it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, please. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You are all standing in grace. You say, no, I'm not, Pastor. You don't understand what I'm going through. Listen, step out of your flesh for just a second. Step out of your soul for just a second and go back over here and recognize that every breath you take, every step you take is meant to be governed by God's grace. Notice in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, if you'd put that up on the screen, His grace totally provided in the cross is the power of our standing. Notice this one in in Galatians chapter 1. It says, stand fast. It literally means firm in perseverance. See, I'm not immune to what's happening in the world over here. I know, I'm aware, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, it's terrible. But I got to get back over here so that I can stand over here in perseverance. I know the end of this story that God said in the book. And at the end, we Christians are on the top of the heap. So relax. You say, really, you want me to relax? Yeah, because your stirred up part isn't from God. Come on, when was, the, when was the last time over here that you saw God scratching his head in nervousness? Twirling his locks. God, I don't know what to do next. God doesn't exist in that realm. He's not nervous. If you get over here, you won't be nervous either. You say, well, what am I going to do? Not be nervous. Not enough. Man, I step over here sometimes and, and, and I... The, so you have these, these protections. So I'm over here, right? And I'm just saying, God, this is what your word says. I want to live by this. And I step over here. And if I start reacting according to how the world is, if I, if I feel my blood pressure and my anxiety go up, I just step right back over here. Go, okay, not time to move yet. Right? I remember one time I was in a church service with Creflo Dollar, who, by the way, lives in Atlanta, which is not very high. And he was at Woodland Park at a pastor's convention that Tracy and I went to. He was in Woodland Park. And uh, it's like 9,000 feet above elevation there. And he lives at about 600 feet of elevation. And he was standing. Now, they got a little teeny stage in the room we were in. It wasn't very big. Two steps is all it was to go down. And he kept walking over to it. And he'd get over close. He says, not yet. Not yet. What he was saying was he didn't have the balance because of the thin of air to step down there. But he had enough wherewithal not to try until he acclimated to where he was standing. Right? You got to acclimate to where you're standing. So I get over here so I can acclimate a little bit. If I get over here and I find that I'm standing in my flesh, looking at flesh and blood, going, this is terrible. You know, whoop, not yet. Get back over and get acclimated to the spirit. Then you can step over here and you realize that your decisions are not made by your anxiety. Then you can step over in your flesh and take what you learned in the spirit and have an impact. If not, you're just going to be a person with not a very well thought out opinion. 
Stand fast in the liberty. Now this means freedom, but it's, it's a real specific word. It, it's literally freedom as a word of economy, meaning you're free to live free because of grace. You're free to live free because of grace. It's a word of economy. So it's like having money in your pocket. If you walk into the store and you're only going to spend what you have in your pocket, think of yourself as a grandfather who's got your grandchildren in tow and they look up at you and say, Papa, do we have enough money to buy this? Well, then you look in your pocket and you see how much you have. And you're free in the economy of grace. See, I'm free in my flesh not to be all worked up. I don't have to. I don't have to be over here and and be a crazy man. I just go back over here and go, you know, I just got news for all you people. Um, When this is all said and done, it's going to be more closer to what I'm saying than what you're saying. Because I've read the book. And that's God's plan. Now, I can step over here with that plan. But the minute that I sense myself getting anxious, wanting to act and react in my spirit, in my flesh, i got to go back. Because, you see, I'm free as long as I understand the economy of grace. Notice in Colossians, so his liberty en- enables us to not be entangled. His liberty enables us to not be entangled again with the yoke of boundaries of works-based freedom. You do not have to do it just right to live in, fe- in freedom. You get it over here in the economy of grace. You say, I am free because of what Jesus did. If you step over here and you think I got to do something to be free, you left the spirit too soon. Step back and get back over here. And when you get back over here, you step over here and you say, I am free because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. Nobody can stop me. No one can slow me down because Jesus' grace is my economy. And now I'm ready to move over here in the flesh and step out into a world that is clearly punctuated by darkness. But I see it as light, brighter and brighter till the noonday. Is that making sense to you? See, that's physical resilience when you're working with God. And I'm working with God, and so are you. You are his building, the Bible says. Notice in Colossians chapter 4, and verse 12, we'll just go through this real quickly. It says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, he greets you, always laboring fervently for you in his prayers, that you may stand, do you see it? Perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now listen to me. When you get over here and you take your human will dealt with within your emotions, dealt with within your logic, dealt with within your intellect, and you step over here and say, I know the will of God. You may not know the will of God because you got it from the wrong spot potentially. See, you got to do it the right order. You get over here and say, here's what the will of God is. When I get that, I can step over here and affect my decision-making process. But I take my decision-making process and I say, I've got to take this over here so I can get God's blessing on it. It's like telling God what you're going to do and asking God to bless it. He's got an already blessed plan. Right? Got to get that over here. I want that. Because when I step over here, I don't want to have a meltdown. I don't want to look over here and say, look at all the enemies of people I have to fight with. See, that's why when people want to tell you what God's doing, if it doesn't confirm in your spirit you probably are not listen. Does that make sense? I had somebody tell me once, 
Well, have you prayed about it? You mean, because I don't agree with you, you don't think I pray? I tried not to step over here to deal with your flesh and blood before I prayed. I prayed first. And I'm getting ready to step back over here because I kind of want to slap you right now. And so I realized that that, that and how I should be right over here going, you big dummy. That, when that starts coming, it comes out of me sometimes. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, going, dear God, people, how do they breathe all by themselves, you know, and, and, and all of that. I mean, and so I step over here and I think, well, that ain't right, you know. And so I just... And I literally, in the story I keep telling you about Jack and Jill, I had to leave that line I was standing in. Because I had such an ungodly opinion about Jack. I wasn't ignorant of what Jack was doing. It was clearly evident he had a man bald spot. He bent over. He's about six foot three. He bent over to, to type into the computer on the people that was in front of us and his bald spot's showing I'm going, get a wig. See, well, the minute I did that, I thought, okay, I'm not sure this should be in me like this. Right, God? You know, I'm asking God, you know, should I go up and go give me a piece of my mind? I said, God didn't want me to do that. And so I stepped over here and I tried to make a decision. Right? And I'm looking over here and go, that ain't right. God says, yeah, it's not right. You're, you're right. But how are you going to deal with it? Well, I'm, I'm, what do you want me to do, God? <laughs> I had an idea about what I was going to do. See, I had an idea like a lot of you. I'm going to tell somebody that they're wrong. But when you do that and they're not ready to hear, you may not get a second chance to minister. I don't think that's the last time I'm ever going to have to pick up medicine at that pharmacy. Looks like God's preparing me for the opportunity. Face that again. And I want to shine like Jesus when that happens. And I don't care if he's wearing a miniskirt. I just hope he shaves. <laughs> you see that? You all laughed at that. Like, yep, that's right, Pastor. When that stops coming out of me, I'm going to be ready to talk to him. See, right now, it's just, I mean, I just sit here. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm going through it in my mind going... Dear God, I would just like to tell him if, if you're going to be a girl, you need to shave like twice, three times a day. If you're going to try and look that way, you know, you're just messing this up for all the other people, whatever they're trying to do, you know. I want to be able to leave this spot and see that person like God sees them. Because then I can talk. I can't talk before then because what I have to say may close his heart. And if I want to change his heart, I'm going to have to change mine first so I can give him a piece of my heart rather than a piece of my brain. So that I can be perfect and complete in the will of God. See, I think I know what the will of God is for that situation. I just don't know that I can walk in it yet. You say, well, the will of God is for him not to be that way. That ain't the will of God. The will of God is for him to surrender to Christ. Him not being that way is a byproduct of surrendering to Christ. Are you aware of that? Just like your byproduct of surrendering to Christ, you're, you're different now. Amen? Amen. Standing in his word. Put up that last quote for me, Paul, will you please? Standing in his word through the gospel leads us to his will in all things. People of God, if we're going to be resilient in our body, in our flesh, in our natural guy, you know, over here, in our, in our physical guy, 
we're going to have to get that stuff from the Spirit. We're going to have to get over here and live in it. Because if not, all we're going to be is just the opposite of what the world has rather than the equal of what God has. It's easy to be the opposite of the world. Listen, if you want to know how to act, just watch the world and do the exact opposite. That's easy. But if you want to know how to act like God, you're going to spend time over there with him. You're going to have to take that out of that spot and come over here and do those things. And I'm telling you, that is challenging me beyond anything I've ever been through in all my years of Christianity is to have to go back over there and say, God, how do you want to handle this? Because i got some distinct ideas in case you need an opinion. But God isn't interested in my opinion. You've got to get over there and get what his word says, and you've got to come over here and stand in. You've got to be physically resilient while you're working with God. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Oh, Lord, we thank you today for this time. We bless you, Lord. I think we can learn from you. We don't need the world so that we can determine how to be the exact opposite. We need you so we can determine how to be like you. <clears throat> I don't want to be the opposite of the world. I want to be like you. You came to the world. You laid down your life. You gave when it looked like it's a complete lost cause. I want to be like you. I don't want to be the opposite of the world. I want to be a picture of you. So Lord, we thank you today for the ability just to look into your word and see something different, possibly different than anything we've ever had before. That we, Father, can be more like you rather than just the opposite of the world. That we can take that truth and that grace and we can walk in it. Being complete and perfect, Father. Walking in your will. Not walking in our opinions or walking in the opposite of what the world has. But rather, walking as you in this world. Help us, Lord God, to stay out of the way of our transformation. As we become more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live, and you can watch sermon slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.